Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 36. Hi, this is Ray Edwards from RayEdwards.com, and you're listening to Brian Holmes, one of my favorite people and certainly one of my favorite podcasts. Welcome to the program, everybody. Great to have you with us today. My name is Brian Holmes, and you have found the Strategic Living Online Radio Program, where we are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, awakening dreams, activating destinies. Hey, we want to see you healed in the deepest parts of your heart. We want to see you transformed in your mind. We want to see you fully engaged in this remarkable journey, becoming all that God has created you to be. Going to be a great program today, a little slight departure from our normal operations. Prepare your minds and your hearts, and let's just get started, everybody. Well, thanks for being here today, and I'm so excited about what we have for you. Uh, Before we jump into the content of today's session, I just wanted to share with you a couple of quick things on the front end here. We really believe that God has called us to put out a word of healing, a word of encouragement, a word of mentoring and development. Uh, our, our whole passion here is to just offer something that will help each person on their journey as they are discovering who they are, really dealing with issues from the past, getting those things resolved. We want to see people, of course, really engaged in their specific and very unique assignment and calling in life. And we're really passionate about doing that. And I want to inquire of you or ask you to help us. And there's a couple of ways you can do that. I'm going to ask you right up front today. One is I would love for you to subscribe to our email updates because this is a way that we are able to see that you are getting each post, each podcast, our Monday Mastery Personal Development uh, video blogs that we're producing and putting out there, and any other content that we're sharing from other writers, other speakers. Uh, We want to be a resource for you, and by signing up for the email updates, we're not going to spam you. We're not going to bug you to purchase things. That's just not how we roll, but I do want to make sure you're getting those emails in your inbox, and here's one of the reasons why. Because there's this little thing on every email client in the world called forward. And I just know that if there's something of value that you get in your inbox, it's something that we want you to be comfortable and be willing to share with others by forwarding that to them. Another way you can help us is to by subscribing to the podcast in iTunes. Also, to help us gain more visibility and really get our message out there in a much broader sense, and uh, so people can see the podcast in iTunes. A way you can help us do that is by rating us in iTunes. If you have found great value here, give us a five, four, three-star rating, whatever you feel is appropriate, and write a review concerning the podcast. Those two things drive up the podcast in the rankings, making us much more visible. That would be of great help to us. And I, I know I never just throw things out there early on, but I felt today that I would just say, you know what, I need your help. We'd love for you to help us get this word out by sharing in these ways. Also, of course, you can do it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. 
Well, today I have something unique and different for you, and that is I am going to share the content from a recent webinar that I conducted. The response was quite remarkable, and the subject is something that I believe is so important. And I felt like, you know, I I had a a particular audience that was available to me uh, that evening. There was tremendous worth and value that was given there, a lot of engagement, uh, people responding and, and getting involved in the process of applying the principles we were teaching. But I thought, I want to get this out to my broader audience. So I'm going today to share with you the the meat or the content from our recent webinar on the power of setting goals and the power of strategic planning. Is it really important to have written plans, written goals, written targets? Is it important to have real clarity on where you are going? And then once you have determined where you want to go, to really take the time and map out how, in fact, you're going to get there. Let me give you this analogy right up front today. I am a pilot, and when I get into an aircraft and I climb into that left seat, that captain's chair, and we start up those engines, taxi out to the runway, and we embark on a journey, we do not get into this powerful, very capable vehicle and launch off not knowing how or excuse me, not knowing where we're going. There is a destination that is predetermined. We've decided ahead of time our destination where we want to be in a few hours is we want to be here in this city at this airport going to this venue to perform this task or this assignment. And so when we travel, we don't just get in our cars or in our aircraft and just say, okay, wherever it takes us, it's going to go there. Yet so many people do just that with their lives. And in my estimation, and frankly, as you'll hear in just a few moments from a biblical perspective, I believe the Lord commands us to write the vision, make it plain, so that when we read it, when we really put our eyes and our heart into the words that have been scribed on a page, we can run, we can be sure, we can persist even during difficult times because we have already determined where we're going and how we're going to get there. I'm going to share with you some percentages about the numbers of people that set goals and those that don't and the corresponding results to those goals. And I think you're going to find it fascinating. Let's go right now in just a few moments into the session on the power of setting goals and the power of strategic planning. Power of Goals and Strategic Planning. I want to begin tonight's webinar by sharing with you a few very key ideas. Every person is wired to dream and to function on vision. In fact, the the Bible tells us very plainly that without vision, without some picture or some idea of where you are going and what it is you're pointed towards, this condition sets in, and the Bible calls it perishing. We literally begin to die from the inside out, much like a piece of fruit would do if you took it off of the tree, sat it on your counter. It might be good today, but if it doesn't have some purpose to serve in the moment, 
it begins to decay and die. So there is this idea out there that if you don't aim at something, you are sure to hit it. If you don't aim at some target, you're certainly going to hit no target. And in other words, if you're, there's not some visually or emotionally compelling focus or some goal or some target for which you are directing your energy, your heart, your mind, your work, your efforts, your life, your very essence, then we are really relegated to wandering aimlessly and accomplishing very, very little, certainly less than our potential. Well, I talk often about the idea that is very biblical, by the way, that we are predestined. In other words, our destiny has been prescribed for us before we got here. The word destiny, of course, comes from the same root word as destination or destin. And basically what I'm trying to say is is that God, before the foundations of the world, he knew exactly where he wanted us to land up. He knew exactly what he had designed us to accomplish and to do in our space and in our time. And that destination is what we must focus on. Now, For whatever your destiny is, God has literally designed you for that destiny. What do I mean by that? Well, each of us have a unique purpose and a unique calling, and in that, God has wired us, equipped us, uh, grafted into our very essence and DNA a personality, certain sets of gifts, certain propensities toward ideas and values All of those things point to and are indicators of the destination for which we are here on the earth to go after. Now, all of these things are true, yet if all of us are called for a purpose, we're all created and designed for something very specific, if we are supposed to operate and function in vision and point ourselves and our lives towards something I need to understand why is it that so few people actually ever experience the full expression of what God really has for them? Why is it that if you were to poll 100 people or 1,000 people, the percentages are astronomical as to how many individuals never really realize their full potential? They certainly never connect with their God-given destiny or purpose, and they fall into line with the crowd, the masses of people that simply exist and just go through life like big blobs of amoeba with nothing really to focus on. Uh, That's a question that I think we should address. Now, I want to speak to you all from just a few from a perspective here that might be different than I would in other settings. But those of us who come from a church or religious background, our theology over the years has caused us to defer so much of our potential blessing and the realization of our dreams to future dates, to external factors, or worse yet, many of us have been taught that we're waiting on God to do something that he created us to do. So in this webinar tonight, and that's my introduction, by the way, in this webinar, I want to share with you a process that I hope will help you to become very clear on, first of all, the vision for your life, 
And then I want to specifically focus on setting goals and how to flesh out those goals and create a an effective plan that is executable, that is something that you can literally run with and know day by day what you must do to be moving toward that goal. So that's our plan for tonight. That's where we're going to go. Michelangelo, the great artist, said this, the greater danger for most of us lies not in setting our aim too high and falling short, but in setting our aim too low and achieving our mark. Very, very powerful to think about. So it's unlikely that you'll set your aim too high and fall short. It's more likely that you and I would set our aim too low and actually achieve it. Let me give you some premises from which we'll begin our discussion tonight. Number one, God has plans, specific plans for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace, not for evil, to give you an expected end. The NASB version of the Bible says plans for your welfare, for your prosperity, and not for calamity, not for lack, to give you a future and to give you a hope. So premise number one is God has plans for you. Premise number two, his plans are absolutely for you to be successful. God is literally vested in your success. As a matter of fact, his word is literally on the line. John chapter 10, verse 6 through verse 10 or so says this, those who heard Jesus use this illustration did not understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will give, will find good pastures. Now watch verse 10. The thief's purpose, even the thief, ladies and gentlemen, has a purpose. The thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. My purpose, this is Jesus, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. John 10, 10. So the thief has a purpose. That's to rob me of my potential, to rob me of the blessing and the prosperity and the success associated with me accomplishing and doing the very thing that God created me to do. So he has a purpose, but God also has a purpose, and his purpose is this to give you and I a rich and satisfying life. Let me just completely obliterate the theological viewpoint that success is not for Christians. Let me further say that uh, I strongly abhor the idea that prosperity and wealth is not for Christians. I believe with all of my heart, the Word of God is very clear that He has given us the power to create wealth. The Bible says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and it addeth no sorrow. Premise number two, God's plans for me are for my success, for my prosperity, for a very rich and a very satisfying life. And premise number three, this is the one we're going to focus on tonight. Life is all about choices. So God has plans. His plans are for me to have a 
crazy, amazing, awesome, off-the-hook life. But it's my choice. I get to choose whether or not I step into and aggressively pursue all that God has for me. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 14 to 19. See, I have set before you life and prosperity and death and adversity. Verse 16, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. But if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but you are drawn away and worship other gods and chase after other things, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You will not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. And here it is. This is premise number three. It's all about choices. He says, choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. Choose life. It is a choice. So premise number one, just a quick review. God has plans for you, Jeremiah 29, 11. Premise number two, his plans are for my success, John 10, 1 to 10. Premise number three, life is a choice. Deuteronomy 30, verse 14 to 19. So if we're going to jump off there tonight and understand that those are the things we have to understand. God has plans. His plans are for my crazy success. But I get to choose what I do with that. Then I have to understand that my choices involved my will. It involves my emotions. It involves my own physical efforts and commitments and disciplines. And so I have to live intentionally and or strategically. I have to actually live life on purpose so that I can accomplish his purpose. So what does it mean to live intentionally or strategically? Well, the word strategy is a plan, method, or series of maneuvers or stratagems for obtaining a specific goal or result. So if I'm going to live strategically, that means I'm going to have certain maneuvers and strategies and things that I'm going to have to do, D-O. I'd love for you, if you're taking notes, to really highlight that. I must do something with a strategy, with a plan, in order that I might obtain or achieve the goal or the result that I'm going after. Well, we talk about strategic living. What does living mean? Well, living simply means having life, being alive. Well, it's the opposite of being dead. I know a lot of people who are breathing and fogging up a mirror, but they have no life about them. They're not living the life of God. They are not manifesting the, the power and the scope and the magnitude of the very purpose that God has created them to, to, to experience. So if I were to throw a definition out there of what strategic living is, this would, this would be my definition. The vigorous and free-flowing pursuit of being alive while actively crafting and working with dreams, 
plans and stratagems, methods and acquired skills to achieve a predetermined result. So to live intentionally, to live strategically, is for me to, one, know God's plan and live it. For me to understand that if I'm going to achieve and be the person God's created me to be, it's not going to happen just by some hopeful randomness. It's not just going to be something that, oh, you know, blue lights and stars and spooky feelings. No, man. It's going to be because I had a plan and I executed and I went after it. Living life in this way also is not living life flying by the seat of one's pants. Get up today and hope it all works out. No, that's not how it works. It is not just repeating the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. It doesn't work that way. But this kind of living is the process and the procedure of manifesting the plans of God through intentional, systematic, and planned activities. It's substance. It's managing. It's stewarding my time, my potential, my gifts by knowing who I am and actually framing goals and plans around his created purpose in my life. So how how do we go about that? How do we really focus in on the power of goals and the power of planning? How do we leverage those principles for our benefit? Well, there are a number of components that I think are important, and we certainly will not spend time on each of these tonight because we don't have the time to do that. But I teach this extensively in our Strategic Living Institute training, but we talk about really understanding what drives you. What are your governing values? What are the things that that when push comes to shove, you will act upon them because there's an internal gauge, there's a thermometer, there is a there's a thermostat that actually tilts you one direction or the other when you're in decision mode, and it's it's based on what it is you value. I value honesty. I value integrity. I value uh, relationships. I value learning. These are things that I value. So most of my decisions take place as a result of a default place because my second nature decision-making process is to lean in the direction of my values. Number two is, is of course, identifying your passions, the things that you love doing, the things that just get you juiced up and excited and and whenever you talk about these things or engage in these things, they absolutely light you up. This is your your passions. These are things like, for me, flying and music and reading and developing content and speaking. I travel. I love, I man, I get juiced up just going to the airport, whether it's to fly a private aircraft or even, even the airlines. I just, I don't know, there's something about getting around an environment that, that where I'm going to leave point A and I'm going somewhere that just gets me going. These are passions of mine. And so I need to know what those are because these are going to point to my purpose and they're going to help me to craft vision. Of course, to be fully aware and cognizant of your talents, your skills, your abilities, your strengths, these are all important things. Now, when you talk about values, passions, talents, skills, abilities, uh, one of the things that we work on in our sessions together uh, in SLI is Understanding where those things all converge. Where do they touch? Where do my values, passions, talents, skills, abilities, where do they all kind of converge and, and overlap? Because it's in that place 
where I can begin to see a picture of what my purpose is, what my mission is, and what my the vision for my life is. And out of that, I can form a vision or destiny statement. These are all things that must be dealt with. But then we get to this real important category that we're talking about tonight, and that is now that I, I know what my values are, my passions, my talents, skills, abilities, I, I, I've really come to understand where these things all touch. I know what my purpose is. I have created a strong vision for my future. I can see it. I can taste it. I can describe it. Now, this is where we're going to talk about tonight, major goals, intermediate goals, short-term goals, and strategic planning. How do we take this information that we have put together by searching our hearts at a very deep level and really, really understand where to take action? Well, this process is not so much about feeling your way. It really is more about thinking your way. It's about thinking it through. It's about putting your mind and heart into it. It's about planning. It's about strategies. It's about having people in your life that can help you see perspectives about what you might be able to do with those talents, skills, and abilities. It is about really planning it out. And that's what we're going to talk about. Now, Napoleon Hill, if you've not heard of Napoleon Hill, I would encourage you to any tape, any CD, any YouTube video that you can find. This guy's been gone for a very long time, but he was such a forerunner in the area of understanding how the mind works and how motivation works and how important it is to to really articulate and write down goals and dreams and visions. And this is something that he said many, many years ago. He said, reduce your plans to writing. You must take them out of your head, put them on paper. And he says, the moment you complete this, you will have definitely given concrete form to intangible desire. There is something, ladies and gentlemen, about taking ideas or or dreams or fantasies even out of your head. And if they are truly aligned with what God has for you, take them out of your head and put them on a piece of paper and write them as a goal. Jim Rohn, great, great speaker and trainer, someone that I have personally been mentored by his materials for many years. One of his fabulous quotes is, if you don't design your own life, if you don't design your own life, if you don't take control and really craft it, of course, with the leading of the Lord, the Holy Spirit being involved, being directed by the Spirit, all of that's important. But if you don't design your own life, he says, chances are you'll fall into someone else's plan or design. And guess what they have planned for you? Not much. Can I tell you something? You know, I'm, I'm the father of two amazing children. And the truth is, as a father, I, I have a significant influence in my children's life and have had for many years and hopefully will continue to have some influence. And the truth is, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that I have good ideas about what they could be really good at and do, and, and I could have all the plans in the world for them. But if, if they are going to be great and become the young man, the young woman that God's made them to be, then they will have to discover with the Lord the plans he has for them, and they will have to own their own life plan. Because if, and I've told my son this for many, many years now, now that he's in college, I'm really stressing this with him, 
that if you don't get a grasp on who you are, what God has for you, and where you want to go with your life, what will happen is you will automatically gravitate to where everyone else is headed. And they don't have anything good planned for you because they're just trying to keep their own nose above water. So I love this quote. If you don't design your own life plan, chances are you'll fall into this into someone else's plan. And guess what they have planned for you? Not much. Well, a very powerful scripture that I love to uh, mention in this presentation is Proverbs 21, verse 5. You need to note this one if you're making some notes. The plans of the diligent the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage. But everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. Oh, man. We could unpack that for the next three hours. The plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage. But everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. Now, let me give you my commentary on that verse, and then we'll move forward. When a person is diligent to discover who they really are, to flesh out understanding and wisdom as it relates to their created purpose, their DNA, their propensities, their strengths, their talents, skills, abilities, passions, value. When when a person goes on the journey on purpose to really get a handle on who they are, and they begin to get this picture that forms in their mind of where they're going, and they begin to set goals and lay plans for how they're going to get there, that person who exercises that discipline and that diligence will literally stumble all over advantage. You say, what do you mean? Well, I I really have a low tolerance level for people who are constantly complaining about all the disadvantages they face because it is the person who applies themselves to diligence that advantage presents itself to. Well, in the church world, we call that favor. Favor. The plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. Every every person who is lazy, just wants a handout, just wants the easy road, doesn't want to take the time to really work it out, flesh it out. They just simply want to, uh, you know, have something miraculously happen for them. That person is going to be in poverty their entire life. That's the word of God. You say, Brian, that's strong. Yes, it is. But I tell you what, I believe with all of my heart, God rewards those who engage in the process of discovering who they are in him. I really believe that. Well, there is this thing called the wheel of life, and and you've probably seen variations of this maybe in your workplace or in corporate settings or various seminars you've attended But when you look at setting goals, when you look at formulating a plan, there are several major categories in each person's life that we must look at. We have our family life, our family and home life. We have spiritual and ethical. We have mental and educational. We have our physical and health area. We have our social and relationships area. 
and of course a big one, a very big one for most people, is the financial and career area. And I want to put out to you that you need to have goals, specific goals, in each of those areas of life. And there is a, a wonderful exercise you can do and sort of measure the satisfaction level in each of those lives by by putting a 1 to 10, 10 being off the chain, amazing, wonderful, perfect, everything's clicking on all cylinders, and a 1 being not so great, and sort of put a numerical value in each of those areas as to how satisfied you are, or maybe uh, that measures how close you think you are to the full measure and expression of what God has for you in that area. And that's a, a very enlightening exercise to, to do. But then you begin to take those areas that you're not so satisfied in and you're not so sure that you're living the full expression of what God has for you, and you begin to focus specifically in those areas as it relates to your goals and your plans. You, you give those extra attention, those ones that are not doing so well. So what are some things that we need to consider when you begin planning your life out and really looking at this? Well, we've already talked about this, but you've got to know who you are. You've got to know yourself. You have to, to go through the process of discovery and become, and it is, it's a becoming process. It's not an instantaneous thing, but you have to become clear about the vision that God's prepared for you. And another key thing, I think, is to not limit yourself to past successes or past failures. Many times we focus on past failures, but the truth is I know more people that are stuck on past successes than on past failures because they attain a certain level of success or or job satisfaction or pay scale or whatever measuring stick they happen to be using. They, they reach some level and that success or having obtained that level becomes now their sticky point. So don't limit yourself to past successes or past failures. And then we begin looking at identifying what I call the big rocks. These are these are the monster goals. These are the umbrella goals, the, the overarching goals regarding moving forward in any of these particular areas of life. Then, of course, you have to really think these things through, plan, and execute. So uh, we want to have balance now and not... I have this different theory about living a balanced life. I don't think you can ever be, you know, evenly balanced in every area of life. I think that's a myth. But I, I think you do need to focus on each of these areas because each of them are very important to the overall health of your soul. So I I wanted to just throw this out to you. Why is setting goals so important? Why is setting goals important? Is it even worth it? I mean, it's something I need to really worry about. I mean, it's really well, I'm going to give you two perspectives here. One, uh, I'm sure everyone listening to this webinar right now has levied some sort of quantum, amazing, r- ridiculous, off-the-chain New Year's resolution at some point. Every New Year's, we always have four or five things that we're committing to for that year. Statistics are that about 99.98% of New Year's resolutions are never fulfilled and never followed through on. Well, there's a reason for this because we we become more keenly aware of the things we need to do when we approach what we perceive to be a new beginning. And because of the awareness level, we begin to articulate what we know we should do. But there is a different level of commitment that is required if one is going to actually see those changes come about. I have a saying, 
Nothing changes until something changes. So being aware of something that needs to change is great. But what do I do with this awareness? How do I craft this and apply this in a way that actually moves me to action? Well, it's called goals. Now, there was a study done in the Harvard University's MBA program many, many years ago, quite a few years ago, and it studied a number of graduates and students regarding their goals after graduating. Here are the findings. 84% of those graduating from the Harvard MBA program did not have any goals whatsoever. That is staggering. Yet, I believe with all of my heart that if I were to poll 1,000 people off the street, that number would be very, very true. 84% of people have no goals whatsoever. 13% of these individuals in the Harvard MBA program had goals, but they had not written them down. They had not committed them to writing. So 13% had some goals, but they were not written down. Only 3% of those graduating from Harvard in the MBA program when the study was done had clear written goals. So that's a great um, number to to really look at. But what, what happened to those people? Well, let's look at the same group of people 10 years later. Ten years later, those graduates were interviewed again. The 13% who had goals were earning on average, watch this, they were earning on average twice as much as the 84% without goals. Now, remember, the 13% had goals, but they weren't written down. But that 13% that at least had a goal, they were earning on average double what the 84% without goals were earning. The 3% with written goals were earning on average 10 times as much as the other 97% of graduates. Are you hearing me? That 3% that had clear written goals, they had a strategic plan. They knew where they were going and they knew exactly how they were going to get there they were earning, on average, 10 times as much as the other 97% of graduates. Those numbers are absolutely astonishing to me. So are goals important? You bet they are. You say, do you have scripture for that? Yes, I do, and we will get to that in just a moment. But let's look at this. As you have a a vision, a picture, an idea of where you want to go, it is imperative that you identify the major goals, the big rocks, that would be necessary to achieve in order to see this vision become a reality. So what am I talking about? Well, let's give an example here. Uh, Let's say your goal is, uh, let me just, if you'll allow me to use my own self, I have a goal. I've had this for a couple of years now. It's about to come to fruition. I I had a goal to develop a turnkey system of discipleship, freedom, discovery, and learning. That was my my broad, broad goal. 
And to test and prove that system, to successfully market the system, to develop a networking campaign, these are broad, broad goals. Financial independence, that's, that's a good example of a broad goal, a major goal, a big rock goal. I want to have, so how do you define that? Does that mean just having a, making a good living? No, no, no. Financial independence to me means if I never earned another penny from any source of income, I have enough money set aside in investments. It would provide for me and my kids for the rest of their lives. That's how I define it. Another broad goal for me was to provide education for my kids. If they choose an educational path, I want to be able to provide that for them so they're not graduating from a school with enormous amounts of debt. Another broad goal is to travel to nations, let me qualify it, in my own jet. These are broad goals. These are big goals. These are nasty, audacious, bodacious goals. Okay, so they're big goals. Now, the reason I'm calling them major goals is because these are targets. These are big targets down the road, but there there are intermediate targets that I must do step by step to achieve that target. So in other words, each major goal has its intermediate goal or set of intermediate goals, actually. Let's look at that. So let's just take, for example, the developing the turnkey system, that turnkey educational system I was talking about. Well, I need to form a new corporation so that I can operate as a for-profit corporation because of the way we want to run the business model of that. I I need to create a storyboard and an outline for that new system. I need to develop and write the curriculum and the courses for that turnkey system. I need to develop a business plan. Each of these I'm listing now are intermediate goals related to the, the broader goal. Research online delivery options, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so each major goal, now in order for me to develop a plan, I have to identify what are the steps that will get me to those major goals. Well, what about the intermediate goals? Do they have steps too? Well, sure they do. Give you an example. I, one of my intermediate goals for that big goal was to form a new corporation. So to form a new corporation, now I'm gonna I'm gonna identify short-term goals that will accomplish the intermediate goals that will serve the big goals, the major goals. So under form a new corporation, I might have to research available company names. I, I need to check with the Texas Secretary of State's office for steps to forming the type of corporation that I need. I may need to consult with an attorney or a CPA to determine exactly what type of corporation would be most suited for this operation. I'll have to select officers and directors. There's a lot of paperwork and applications that I'll need to fill out. I'll have to probably go open a checking account somewhere, get a a tax ID number for the corporation. I'll have to submit all this, this stuff to the state offices and then follow through with someone to make sure it's getting done and, and all of that. So you see that you have long-term goals or major goals. Each one of those major goals has intermediate goals, and each intermediate goal has what can be broken down into bite-sized pieces that are short-term goals that will help you to accomplish the overall objectives. So I'm giving you just a short rundown of how this works. And, of course, these forms that I have for you here to break down major goals, intermediate goals, and short-term goals, that's the form that I mentioned at the front of the broadcast tonight 
to let you know that there is a downloadable form at ciwc.net forward slash webinars that you can actually download and, and just work through this for your, your own purposes. Now, a couple of things to remember about goals. Goals are meaningless and they're ultimately powerless unless directly related to, associated with, and divinely connected to your values, your passions, your interest, your vision, and the thing that God created you to do. Don't don't think that just setting a goal that's utterly disconnected from who you are is going to really get you any satisfaction. No, a goal is really powerless if it's just a random, hey, wouldn't it be cool if? No, this goal, for it to really have meaning, must be connected to the heart of God concerning your life and your destiny. Larry Elder says that a goal without a plan is just a wish. And I believe that to be true. You say, what do you mean planning? Well, the the planning is really breaking down the major goals into intermediate steps. The intermediate steps into short-term day-to-day steps. It's It's the dissecting of the big dream into pieces that can be executed and actually accomplished day by day so that every day you're moving a little bit closer, a little bit closer, a little bit closer to the accomplishment of the major goal, which points you towards and moves you towards the destination that you're trying to achieve. A couple of quick things here about goals. Goals must be specific. They can't just be arbitrary and random and and real ambiguous. They must be specific. They must be measurable, attainable, reasoned or responsible, and they must be time-specific. A goal, please write this down, a goal is not a goal without a deadline. A goal without a definite, hard deadline is simply a fantasy or a dream. So you must have a, a definitive deadline for each goal. Begin with your major goals. Don't start with your day-to-day steps. But begin with your major goals. Okay, by by January 2015, I'm going to, and you fill in the blank of what the goal is. Then, same thing with your intermediate goals, then your short-term goals. Set deadlines so that you have a measure of accountability to yourself for these steps. Just to write it down is great, but to write it down and have some place of accountability where you know that by this date I must be executing and getting this thing done. So the object is to create an accountability target that will provide you with the motivation and the planning structure necessary to prioritize every day for the progression of your vision. So let me begin to wrap this for you. If you have long-term goals or major goals that have been broken down into intermediate goals that have been broken even further down into bite-sized pieces, these are really the short-term goals are almost like a to-do list. They're like, okay, today I can do this, this, and this, and that is accomplishing a significant piece of what I have to do to get these intermediate goals done. If you can break those three levels down, what you've really just created by way of listing these things out and really thinking them through, you've created the, the data and the basis for a strategic plan, a true strategic plan. 
So how do you develop that? Well, you take these pieces and you assign them to a 30-day plan, a 90-day plan, a 180-day plan, a 12-month, a 3-year, a you know, a 5-year whatever, all the way up to 25, 50 years. I know people that have a 100-year life plan, which just blows my mind. And it's not just some ambiguous document. It's like hundreds of pages, and they have it all mapped out. That's a little over the top for me. But I will tell you this. If you have a long-term goal that you're envisioning three and five years down the road, you, you identify what that goal is. You describe it in great detail. You're very specific about it. And then you begin to back into the present so that you can articulate and define what steps you can take today, tomorrow, next week, next month, the next three months, the next six months, the next one year, so that you're constantly moving toward the ultimate objective, which is the accomplishment and the realization of that goal. Diana Scharf Hunt said this, goals are dreams with deadlines. The great Aristotle said this, first, have a definite, clear, practical ideal. That's the major goal. An objective. Second, have the necessary means to achieve your ends. You need wisdom, money, materials, methods. And third, adjust all of your means to that end. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, if a goal is really real to you, if a dream is really alive in your heart, if what it is that you have set as a goal is truly important to you, you will adjust your world to that goal. You will not sit in front of the television for six hours a day filling your mind with garbage, but rather you will take that same time and spend it, invest it, doing things. That's right, doing things that are on your short-term list, your intermediate list, and are moving you toward the realization of that goal. Uh, one of the greatest things that frustrates me in the world is wasting time. I don't like to waste time. And I find that many people talk about their dreams, but they've not set deadlines. They've not been clear. They've not really committed to the dream. Therefore, it's just a fantasy. But if it's really real to you, you will adjust your entire world to that dream and you will do whatever it takes to move you and your family and those that you love towards the realization of that dream. Earl Nightingale, someone that I have tremendous respect for, a great orator, wonderful trainer, someone I listen to a great deal. He said this, the more intensely we feel about an ideal or a goal, the more assuredly the idea buried deep, deep in our mind will direct us along the path to its fulfillment. I'm going to read that again. The more intensely we feel about an idea or a goal, the more assuredly the idea buried deep in our subconscious mind will point us, direct us, move us along the path to its fulfillment. Ladies and gentlemen, goals are not a secular idea. They are a God idea. Habakkuk chapter number 2 Verses 2 and 3, very clear. Write the vision, make it plain, so that those that read it may run. 
Write the vision. Make it plain. Make it clear. Be specific, crystal clear, so that when you put your eyes on that piece of paper or if you keep your goals and things typed on an iPad or some other tablet or your iPhone, when you put your eyes on those things that have come out of your spirit, man, and you've articulated them, you've been clear about it, you've written them, now you have something to run with. You cannot run after something that you have not clearly articulated. So goals and plans are absolutely God's idea. They will absolutely move you in great strength and great power towards the things that you desire the most. Goals and plans. Goals and plans. Well, I hope this segment has been helpful to you. Hope it's challenged you to really go out and put some time in thinking about where do you want to be? Where are you headed? What goals do you want to set in your life in all of these primary areas, family, business, career, financial, relationships, all of those? What, where do you want to be this time next year, this time three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now? Take the time to really articulate that. Think it through. Pray about it. And really set your sights on where you want to be and begin to develop that plan as to how you can get there. Well, one of the ways that you can really formulate that plan and really put that sort of a thing together is to have someone that can help you. And, you know, I am a executive coach. I, I do a lot of coaching. I enjoy the process of helping others to discover to identify, to set goals, to reach targets. Uh, I get a great deal of satisfaction, and I believe it's a part of my unique assignment to do that. Now, I'm talking to you about the possibility of me being your coach, but whether it's myself or someone else, uh, as a matter of fact, if I'm not a fit for you, I may refer you to someone else that uh, would be better for the niche or for the area that you particularly need assistance in. But I want to encourage you to consider bringing a life coach, an executive coach, a business coach into your life to help you to gain clarity on where it is you want to go and how you're going to get there. And uh, if you'd like to find out more information about the coaching process and what we might be able to do to help you in that, go to brianholmes.com forward slash coaching. We'd be happy to have a conversation with you about that. We have a wonderful webinar coming up again in April. On April the 16th, that's a Wednesday at 7 p.m., So Wednesday, April 16 at 7 p.m., we're going to be talking about becoming a leader that others want to follow. Leaders lead, we know that, right? But by definition, to be a leader, one must have someone following. And so are you the kind of person, the man, the woman, are you the kind of youth leader? Are you the kind of child or a student that has others gravitating towards you What can you do to enhance your leadership ability, your leadership value? What kind of characteristics do you need to possess to become the leader that God has designed you to be, and more importantly, that other people want to follow? We're going to talk about that on April the 16th, and I would love to have you be a part of that. You can find out more about that seminar at brianholmes.com forward slash teleseminar.
Well, once again, if you'd like to comment on this episode, please go to brianholmes.com forward slash 036. Scroll down to the uh, bottom of the show notes there. You'll find a place. Engage us in conversation. What are your goals? What are you wanting to accomplish? Be sure to subscribe to the updates and in iTunes and share this with your friends and family. We trust that something we've shared today has been a blessing to you and challenged you to really pursue all that God has for you in this particular season. Until next time, remember you're made in his image, you're designed for a purpose, and you are destined for greatness. The whole world is waiting for you just to show up and be who you is. God bless you. We'll see you right back here next week.